Sets and Reps is a podcast about wellness and growth insights from coaches and creatives who practice discipline and consistency towards goals. You can find the show on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and various other places where podcasts can be heard. We are back for episode 39 of the Sets and Reps podcast. As always, I appreciate you stopping by to listen and to immerse yourself in these insights from coaches to creatives to anyone who knows all about that everyday output needed for long-term results. Today's guest is Jared Bull. He's a transformational executive coach and entrepreneur. After experiencing heavy combat twice in Afghanistan as a Marine with a 50% casualty rate, he needed time to heal from inner wounds. He went on to work and continually works to this day with other coaches, executives, and entrepreneurs from around the world. He gives them inner tools and resources to bring their visions to life. Now his work has been featured across five different industries and within over 15 companies across 13 different countries. The part about this work that he enjoys the most when I asked him is seeing the old parts of a person die as they begin to integrate their future self. This episode is a reminder for you that if you're equipped with equal parts skill set and mindset, anything is on offer for your life. Here are some topics discussed in today's episode. We talk about how having a coach in your back corner makes life move forward with so much ease and grace. We talk about getting your needs met and breaking down different support systems. We also take a dive into negativity, how you need to draw boundaries in a toxic environment. And towards the end of the episode, we talk about self-leadership and what the difference between self-leadership and what the difference is between being a self-leader and having a lone wolf mindset. You can reach today's guest by taking a look at the show notes. There is a lot of information in there, and uh, including links to a free class that Jared offers, his YouTube channel, and his speaker reel. I am super excited for you to hear this episode, and I'm just happy to be able to share it with you. All right, Jared, welcome to the Sets and Reps podcast. How are you today, my friend? I'm doing really well, man. Thanks for having me here. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be here, too. Um, I knew from the start that you were someone who put in uh, time and effort to make sure you established connection um, and in communicating with you uh, the past two months on Instagram, I just I'm, I'm glad to have made it to this point having you on the show. You, you do one to one coaching and, and you are big into multiple facets in a person's life. And I know that you could you could kind of explain a little bit about what it is you do a lot better than I can. So if you could start off, I guess, just telling me about where you're from and then and then what what your passionate pursuit is here. Yeah, so really, uh, originally from Philadelphia, I live in Denver now, though. I moved out here when I was 25. I'm about 31. Um, but I got into coaching work really haphazardly. I thought I was going to become a counselor, but then I met a coach, and I loved the orientation of it. The orientation of it was 
like with a counselor, the orientation is you're, you're, you're messed up and you need healing and I'm here to heal you. Whereas a coach is like, you're already fine and perfect the way you are. It's just, what are you trying to create out there in your world? And do you have the right mindset and the right skill set? So I really actually got into this work haphazardly. I, I never anticipated getting into it. I was going to be a counselor, but then um, when I was 24, after I had my combat journey in Afghanistan, I, you know, I did a lot of work in in, in Afghanistan, and and that was really intense. I had to do a lot of healing after that. And when I was 24, about you know two two and a half three years into my healing journey. I met a coach and I loved the orientation of it. It was like, no, you're not broken. You're fine. You always have been. You just think you weren't. And the orientation of coaching just sounded so much more exciting than, oh, I have this horrible past that I have to heal that was traumatic. Not saying that, that, that that's not true, but people get stuck there for years. I talk with them with individuals all the time and it's like, no, we really can heal through crazy stuff, move through crazy experiences very, very quickly with the right tools and the right support and the right people. And so for me, when I met my first coach and mentor, Paul Gasthold, it was like, wow, this is what I want to do. I love the orientation of coaching, integrating the future self, not healing the past self. And so that was really um, what got, what, what, what really got me into it. That's interesting. Do you have a lot of individuals that come to you who have done counseling before and they were looking for something different? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I've had, I mean, on our last program, we had about 42 people on there and um, three of them were all counselors. They had PsyDs. One of them had a PhD. Um, and, and just because they were tired, they felt a, a little bit burnt. They felt a little bit, uh, yeah, they felt a little bit burnt out. Okay. Yeah. I think I, I like that idea of integrating the future self instead of just focusing so much on healing uh, from the past. Cause there's like phases that people go into and you want to take them out of that phase and help them fill into the person that they're going to become. So I assume that's the goal there. Right. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Man. Yep. Yeah. That's exactly it. We always want to bring um, people into a new way of being. And that's what coaching does. It's like, counseling it says you're, you you got to do a lot of healing work and man it might take a really long time before you can move on to integrate this experience but coaching is like yes you've had those issues and i understand it however you're good like you're way more resilient and you're way more capable than you actually might know and we're going to touch that space through our interactions and then through through the interaction with the coach, uh, over time, you see a new you start to emerge. Everything's just so much easier with a coach in, in the backcourt. I remember when I, you ever see in the airport, like those escalators that are like flat, they're not escalators, but they like help you move through the airport quicker. Yeah, yeah. You stand so on like, them. Exactly, yeah. It's It feels like, like that. Like I remember the first time with my first mentor, Paul, it was just everything was so much easier. I felt like I was on one of those moving escalators. And I was like, wow, my life is moving forward with so much more ease and grace than it ever has been before. It's no longer a, a struggle. It's not this thing to get through. It's not this like, man, this is hard. It's just, okay, I'm here. I'm doing what I need to be doing. And it seems like everything's moving forward. 
That's perfect. Um, so that, that shows me the value of receiving coaching. And um, I'm wondering from your perspective, being that, being that mentor for someone to help them move forward without, um, without it feeling like a struggle. And um, what's, what's your favorite part about being that coach? Like personally, I think, so like at this point, just because I've been doing it for six years now, full time, um, and I've had some really amazing mentors. Like my last mentor was Michael Neal. The guy has been doing it for like three decades, got books in 30 different languages. He wrote the Inside Out Revolution. And, um, you know, after, after doing this work and having some mentor, high caliber mentors at that level, um, what I started to recognize and realize and, and learn was that I think getting to see the old parts of a person die and fall away and whole new parts of them that they didn't know were there or that they didn't know wanted to come through them. I think that's probably what's most satisfying about it. It's not like in counseling where you have someone come in and they share with you all your grievances and you plug holes in where they're hurting and you try to work through it. And it might take years coaching. You really see the best parts and the worst parts of a person pretty quickly. And then through the, the connection, the relationship, working through the, the entire process, but you see, you see the best part of that person on the other side come through. And, and like, it never ceases to shock me. Like, I mean, the dealing with the human condition at such a deep level, you see a lot of dark stuff and you see a lot of amazing stuff, but the most satisfying part of it is really just being able to see, holy cow, these, uh, this person's totally different. Like they, they trust themselves to make this thing happen in their life or, you know, just, you know, like I just had one client, she was really doubting her abilities to be successful as an entrepreneur, uh, you know, was kind of going and flickering back and forth. And I told her, I said, well, you know, like, let's look at what skill sets you need to work. On. Okay. So there's some communication skills. Okay. So there's a talking about your value proposition. Okay. There's a little bit of mindset work and energy work to do there. And once we did all that and cleared that out, like within five sessions, she already had her first $10,000 client. And that's not like a surprise to me anymore. Like that's pretty common. So I think like the, the most satisfying part about it is just seeing people understand that life is way more bigger than we've been conditioned to believe by our education and by our society and probably by most of our parents. Um, that's, that's one thing. And then I think the second thing is, is just like anything's really is on offer for your life. Like if, if there, there's like the same, you know, my, my last mentor would always say the stuff that made the universe and like the galaxies is also made like made you it's literally chemistry it's it's the same components so we have so much more creative abilities than we realize but a lot of people are worried about failing or what other people are going to think or what it's going to look like or whether they'll be successful or oh my gosh if i go into entrepreneurship it doesn't work i'll end up homeless like all those like fears and it's just your mind it's just your thinking none of it's actually real and so a coach i think like for me as a coach it's it's really great to see people come in and start to realize like, oh, wait, no, like literally anything is on offer for my life. I can create whatever I want. I have that capacity. I have that capability. And when a person touches that space within themselves, 
that's just so incredibly powerful. Um, it's just, that's, that's the best. That's the, I think that's the most satisfying part of this work for me. Hey, it's your host signing on again. Thank you so much for listening. Before we get back into episode 39, I dropped a solo episode reviewing a article that I read written by Lawrence Lee, fitness professional from New York City, about differentiating randomized workouts and training and starting to shift the mindset away from that workout mentality so that you can really know how to meet and crush your goals in the gym and make sure every decision that you make in there is going to help you towards that vision here it is what we basically got is we've got working out we've got training and we have physical activity so they describe training here as you know eliciting a specific physiological or neurological adaptation or a change that is in line with your goals so let's say you want to add 10 pounds of muscle easiest example I can think of if you are training every single thing that you're doing in the weight room is planned it's written out whether it's in your head whether it's on paper and everything you do in that gym is for the purpose of meeting that goal of putting 10 pounds of muscle mass on now that's you know maybe that's a short-term goal that you're going to you're going to uh, meet fairly quickly depending on how much time you've devoted and how much you've prioritized this goal. And training is the ideal here because the adaptations, you know, some of the changes that you can expect when you're training is, you know, a, a quick example that they provide in this article are intelligent um, goals that a training program will give you, like improving your mobility um, or the or the the restrictions that you may have in your joints, improving your resting heart rate. So when you're relaxed, how many beats per minute uh, do you have? Improving your balance or your or building strength or, like I mentioned, building and putting on muscle mass. These are all these are all reasonable goals. And these are all changes that can happen when you train in the gym. And in order to sustain and to meet these goals, you have to be smart about them in the beginning. And that's that's no uh, accident. That word smart is actually an acronym that personal trainers use. And it stands for specific, measured, uh, attainable, and reasonable, and time-bound. So when you meet with a professional, that's usually... If they're, if they're a good coach, they, they're going to help you accomplish goals and they're going to help you devise a program that is going to meet those goals. So you talked a little bit about getting to see the old parts of a person die. And I think that's interesting because there's a level of, there's, there's a level of elimination that needs to take place, right? Uh, of things that are limiting us from growth. So I wanted to take a dive with you into negativity and start with why it might be hard for some people to realize how negativity is affecting them and, and I guess where the first steps are to yeah, begin I to eliminate that. it. 
That's a great question. Man. Well, the first thing is we want to understand where negativity comes from and negativity. Like sometimes there's coaches who say, oh, you just got to have like a good mindset. We're going to work on your mindset. But your mindset is also a product of what experiences you've had, the interpretation of those experiences you've had, the support that you're getting. So you don't just want to work at the mindset level. You also want to work at the skill set level. Like if, if my car is, you know, going from, if I want to get my car from A to B, if I don't have gas in it, I can have the most positive mindset I want. I don't, it's still not going to get from A to B if it doesn't have gas in it. That's just, that's just the reality. Furthermore, if I don't have the skill set to drive, um, I can have gas in it. I can have all the right ingredients. I can have the right mindset. But if I don't have the right skill set, I'm not going to be able to make it to where I want to go. And it's the same thing with our human life. We have to look at both. We have to look at mindset and skill set. Negativity usually is coming from not having the right support that we need. And a lot of times, what I've noticed over the years is a lot of human beings just don't know the type of support that they need. Like even just knowing what the real problem is and the real issue, like that's, that's a big, like not a lot of people know that. So I think that's the, the other aspect of this. We really want to be aware of what exactly is it that we need, get in touch with that need, and then start going out and getting those needs met. You know, like, do you need a coach? Do you need a... Um, you know, like what type of support systems? Do you have a community, mm. a safe space that you can share your struggles with? Do you have someone who asks and, and, and challenges you to step up in bigger ways? Like a lot of people don't have these things in their life. So negativity, it, it's actually comes from a sense of hopelessness and a sense of hopelessness comes from not having the right support that we need. So first we have to understand, you know, what support we need. And, you know, when I went to University of Georgia for executive coaching, um, we talked about at Sherpa Executive Coaching, the three levels of support, which is external, internal, and environmental. And external support is like uh, those things that fill your soul, like maybe a good relationship, a family member, um, you know, your, your relationship with your significant other. Inter that's external support. Internal support is like things you do for you. Like I do yoga and meditation every day. Um, that gets me focused. That gets me clear. That gets me excited. Um, that's another good example of, uh, of an internal support system or maybe lifting or something like this or running, jogging. And then there's your communal support, your environmental support. And that's like, do you, are you surrounded by a community of people who call the best out of you, who invite you to step up in bigger ways and who, who ask you to, um, you know, who, who call the best out of you and challenge you, who have compassion and understanding and love for you, but also challenge you to be better. And what I found is that, you know, one of the first things that I do in, in any session is I look at the person's levels of support. Do they have the internal support? Do they have the external support? Do they have the communal support? And if they don't have all three of those, what I found is that life like negativity is a, it naturally. So negativity is always pointing to something that we don't have. So I always like, we don't just want to tell a person, don't be negative. Like that's not helpful. We just say, Hey, like you're, you seem to be really negative. What's that about? Like, what are you missing in your life? What do you need in your life? And a lot of human beings, they just don't know it because we're not taught this stuff. You know, we go to school, we're taught science, technology, engineering, math, language. And, and it's like, but no one, they, they, they don't teach you how to do life. <laughs> and and yeah. so once we 
you figure out actually how to do life and live life, like success is external and internal success. That's not an issue. Like it, it's, it's just a, it's a byproduct. Like it, like w- w- every human being on this planet is born and made to be successful. It's, it's not there. No, like that's how it is. Like, how can we not, how can we not? Yeah. I mean, look at Helen Keller. She was deaf and blind and look how much she accomplished. She had barely, she was, she was missing two senses and she didn't have a, like a lot of support, but so it's like, when we look at, when we look at like the human being, every human being has internal and external success built within them. It's just, do they have the right support systems around them? And are they in touch with what it is that they need? And then do they actively pursue what it is that they need? And, you know, honestly, one of the most, you know, you asked earlier about like, what do I like most about coaching? Um, and it's seeing that people, it's seeing that moment where people recognize and they actually get it and they, they see that anything's possible. But the worst part of coaching is seeing people who are still living in doubt and fear or uncertainty or whatever, and them not stepping up in bigger ways, because it's like, this is who you are. Like your very nature is to thrive. That is our very nature. It's just when we don't get the support that we need, we get caught in scarcity and survival. And that's where doubt, fear, uncertainty, and anxiety exists. And that's where the negativity comes in. And then sometimes people just have so much of that, they they just shut down completely. Yeah. So definitely looking at the support systems, whether it's external, internal, or environmental, as a as a an approach, like you mentioned in your first consultation with someone, looking at those things and then saying, "Oh, like I maybe I don't have those things in those certain areas, right?" And there's and yeah. if I'm I'm thinking specifically about now environmental um, support. So if someone doesn't have support from their environment and it's just a toxic place for them to be in, could it be a healthy approach for them to remove themselves, um, go away, change up their environment? Like, and how long, how long would you say is appropriate time for someone to do that? Gotcha. Gotcha. So two, two, two things there. The first thing that I would say is like, it depends because you can be in a toxic environment, but if you know how to draw proper boundaries with your voice, um, the toxicity doesn't pour into your life as much. It can be exhausting, but but um, if you're in a toxic environment, you're just caught in that and you don't have a choice. Um, the best thing that you can do is learn communication. This is what most people do. Most individuals grow up in toxic environments where there's a lot being thrown at them and they, ne- they don't know how to be a, an advocate for their own needs. And so what happens is they shut down their heart because it's too painful. So they shut down their heart. They shut down their passion. Um, that was my case for most of my life. I, I, you know, I grew up in a very dysfunctional family. There was physical and emotional boot abuse. There was also love, but there was also physical and emotional abuse. And from, from birth, I really didn't have a voice for my own needs. And it wasn't until I got older that I realized, oh my gosh, like it's okay to have my own desires. It's okay to want healthy things. It's okay to go after what it is that I truly want and own that fully. And as I owned that fully, even though I was still in a toxic environment, I learned to draw boundaries. Like I learned to say like, no, this isn't okay. You have to stay over there. That's not okay. You have to leave. You're not, you can't do this. This is, this is what I'm willing to do. This is what I'm not willing to do. 
So even if you're in a toxic environment, you can still draw a lot of value in terms of communication and drawing those boundaries. Uh, that's, that's really key. And you'll see that when you draw boundaries, people respect you more. They may not like it at first, but they'll respect you more. And then eventually you can actually have a healthy relationship. I did not have a healthy relationship with my mom growing up. I mean, it was an incredibly toxic relationship. And we've had, we've had, we've had an amazing relationship for the last five years, but there was a lot of abuse, a lot of bad. Um, and I didn't know how to draw boundaries. I didn't know how to communicate what I wanted. Um, and there's a lot of codependency there. So I think eventually, you know, like every, like eventually if you learn the right skill set with your communication, um, it's not, it's not an issue anymore. Like, like once you communicate what it is that you need, what it is that you want, what you're willing, what you're not willing, people might not like that at first. Mm. They have to adapt. Like they'll adapt to the new you because that's they, or they'll leave your life. <laughs> And then the negativity is gone. <laughs> right. And then the negativity is gone. Exactly. And, and, and if the person really does care about you, they're going to shift and change with you. Like yeah. that's the thing. Like if they actually do care about the relationship, they're going to change. I mean, I remember like I was, when I was going through a lot of my crap, when I was younger with my mom, I communicated so much stuff to her and eventually got to the point where she was like, okay, maybe I messed something up. And she looked at me. And she's like, okay, maybe I, maybe I did something wrong. And so she started looking internally and saw what she may could have done better and what she missed and her getting that self-reflection. It meant, it meant a lot to me. And then we eventually had a good relationship, but there was space there. There was time out in space, but I mean, I've even coached individuals where they had horrible marriages that were codependent, they divorced, and then they became best friends afterward. And I've even had some, I mean, I had one client, I remember she got divorced uh, they both had to learn some communicational and relational skills and they got back together two, two and a half years later. Um, so, wow. it, and that was because they didn't have the skill sets that they needed to have a healthy, functional, independent, interdependent, not codependent, inter, interdependent relationship. So hu hum the human experience, like we're always creating it, whether we realize it or not, it's just, do we have the right skill sets? Do we have the right support systems? And do we have the right mindset? Um, and it's really cool to see. I mean, this work is really, it really is amazing because once you see a person equipped with a skill set and the right, the right skill set and the right support, they start doing things that they never thought were possible. And it's because they have that support. They have the, 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 the skill sets for it now. Thank you for exploring that with me for a little bit. Cause I think I sometimes neglect like my support system. Maybe we always have, I, I particular have sometimes a, like a do it yourself, go it you know, yeah. mentality, just lone wolf. I'm, I'm getting better about it. Like, like, yeah. like it's okay to, it's okay to get help from others. Like I'm, and even though I'm a, even though I'm someone that helps others as a trainer, I can still have other people that, that help me. Um, and, and it's all, it's all a process of learning, like what you're saying. Do I have, do I have the right types of communication? Can I create that those, you know, that boundary and those spaces for myself. And then do I have a great support system? I love that you said the lone wolf thing. Yeah. I was a lone wolf for the first, I'd say 26 years of my life. And then I was like, and I thrived in everything I did. I was really good at it, but I'm like, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. I it's, I'm tired. What, like, there's gotta be a better way to do this. And 
that was when, you know, I really started opening up and even more and more. And then I started leverage, like, then I started asking for support as much as I could get. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. People are willing to help me in this way. This is great. And my, my business even thrived even more. Um, I was more happier. I was more relaxed. Like I learned to go to bat. Asking for help and support isn't a weakness on your part. It's actually an intelligent decision. If you look at the most successful people, they know how to leverage and bolster support. <laughs> because we, you may be able to do it all, but you don't have to do it all. And you can actually do a lot more when you have the right support. So I always encourage people like, don't let, allow your pride and your ego to get in the way of, you know, being more expansive and more successful. Like, why would you, why would you limit yourself in that? Absolutely. And, yeah. And, and yeah. there's one, there's one question I had to kind of take that idea of like being solo without that help a step further. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like having the right, having the right motivation for doing something, being bold enough to do something without help versus yeah. versus wanting to avoid everybody. Like, right. Yeah. So that makes it's like, so, so my question, I guess is like, yes, the support system is necessary, but can, can there be a right motivation for wanting to kind of take the initiative and, and doing something on your own? Absolutely. So this is like, yeah, self-leadership is so key. We, we have self-leadership. Like I have to have self-leadership. I have to wake up in the morning, check in with my team, see what we need to get done, you know, see how the group programs are running. Uh, we have to have that self-leadership. But at the same time, I think leaders know how to do both. They know how to say, hey, um, let's get the ball moving forward. Got to make this happen. And if it if it's to happen, it relies on me. Like they, they recognize that level of responsibility, but at the same time, they also leverage and ask for support. Like I, I asked for a good example of this is like, you know, I, I, I reach out to new people for my business and my work on a daily basis. Um, but I'll ask for referrals on a daily basis and I'll say, Hey, is there anyone, you know, that you could support or who you think, um, would get a lot of value out of the work that I do. And will you send them my way? I promise I'll take good care of them. I know what they, I, I know I'll, you know, I'll connect with them. And, um, will you support me in that way? Like go to bed for yourself. Like, yes, self-leadership is key, but like, don't be afraid to ask like everything you could ever imagine. There's no shortage of money. There's no shortage of supplies. There's no shortage of anything in the world. There's a perception that there's a shortage, but there isn't like human nature. You plant a seed, you water the seed. It's going to grow into a tree. It's going to give you fruit, like abundance and wealth is our nature. And I think a lot of the times we get caught up in scarcity mindset or something like this, because people will think like, uh, you know, oh, I don't know if I can do all this or, um, you know, like they, they hear the news or they hear other reports. Like I was looking at like the average salary of a, of a life coach on um, BLS the other day, and it's like 61,000. And I'm like, that's horrible. Like, why would you even, why would you even start at 61,000? That's, that's like, that's horrible. Um, and, and it's because people, I think a lot of times don't know how to go to bat for what they really want. So we have to be a, a leader and motivate ourselves. Okay. I got to get up, put myself out there, make calls, interact with the world. But then we also have to ask, 
like ask for what it is that we really want and what it is that we know we can create. Like if, if I have a conversation with someone and they don't, they don't want to do work with me for whatever reason, I could write, write to the next thing. Hey, is there anyone that you know that you'd be willing to connect me with who you think would get a lot of value out of my work? That would mean a lot to me, my heart, my mission. It would mean a lot to what I want to create in the world. And I promise I'll take really good care of them and I'll keep you posted on how they're doing. Like you can build an entire business just with that one phrase. I have built an entire successful business with that one phrase. So the point that I'm making here is that we got to have self-leadership, self-motivating responsibility. But at the same time, we have to also um, ask for support and not be afraid of asking for support. Like people are always worried about, oh, I I don't want to be seen as desperate or I don't want to be seen as like, and it's like, forget your perceptions of yourself and how other people think of you. There's no shortage of money. There's no shortage of clients. There's no shortage of anything in this world. Just get out there and ask for it. (laughs) During the pandemic, I went door to door to fill one of my, my webinars online during the pandemic, door to door, I did D to D. Um, And out of the 1500 people I interacted with, only three of them weren't appreciative that they didn't appreciate me be on the doorstep. I had one guy, he invited me into his home and he became my client, Victor. He was like, oh, come on in. In the middle of a pandemic, didn't even care about (laughs) Invited me right in. It was crazy. So like there's their perception, there's what we think that's going on in the world and what the news tells us and what our family tells us. And then there's what's actually going on in the world. So I guess to close up on this note, I would say that take self-leadership, take action, but also ask for support. Everything that you could ever imagine wanting is already out there in the world and it's on offer. It's just, do you have the courage to go out there and ask for it? And and do you have the skill set for that? (laughs) Thank you so much for talking with me today about, you know, self-leadership and being able to, um, take initiative while knowing when to uh, stop and ask for help and and building that support system. And we started with negativity and realizing that that comes from a sense of hopelessness and a lack of needs, support. Yeah. Support from your environment, from internal practices, external practices, and then how you can, once you have those things, become a a leader for yourself. So I really appreciate that. And I want to kind of have you take a second before we close out to, to share with me where people can find uh, you and, and learn more about what, what it is you have to offer to, to help them out. Yeah. Thanks, Greg. I appreciate that, man. Um, yeah. So transformationalcoaching.co, check it out there. We've got about 24,000 subscribers over there. Um, and we tr- train coaches how to actually be successful in this work. And we've trained over 1300 at this point. So we're rock and roll, man. It's, it's a fun time. We're always doing stuff. we got a bunch of resources there. So if anyone wants to check that out, I encourage and invite them to check it out. Um, and that's, uh, yeah, that's about it. Thanks for having me. All right, over. Jared. Right, a- absolutely. Yeah. I appreciate, um, making this connection with you and can't wait to see where you go from here, man. So thank you so much for your help today. And uh, there's a lot in this episode that I'm super excited to, to unpack. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Greg. We'll talk soon. I appreciate it, man. All right. Bye. Bye for now.